Aurora here with Supercharged Science, Homeschool Science Resources and Science Curriculum for K-12. And today I wanted to give you a couple of quick things you can do, different tools that you can give your homeschool kids that you can do it through the lens of science. Now if you like this and you want more, just visit my website at www.superchargedscience.com and go to slash easy and I will show you how it is so easy to teach science to your kids. Okay, so what tools can you give your kids out there using science as a way to deliver it because science is really easy because kids are naturally excited right kids naturally are excited and curious and love to explore hey why not teach them life skills through science you know it'd be so much easier it's easier to teach kids when they're excited about something right okay so um three uh, scientists typically ask three questions when they look at anything the first question is what is it the second question, well, so if they're looking at like a new bug in the backyard or something, you can ask them, what is it? And they'll say, well, it's got two antennae and six legs and it's striped and it's polka dotted and it's moving slow. And so they, they're descriptively telling you what they see. Um, the second one is how does it interact with its environment? How does it behave? How does it do what it does? And so maybe you put a leaf or a twig in its way and now you see how the bug is interacting with its environment. You get another bug or you get a bigger bug or a smaller bug. You kind of see it. Um, or you stick the bug in the refrigerator for 20 minutes. How does it deal with cold, sudden intense cold? So that's the second question. And the third question scientists ask are, how does it change over time? So does the bug get bigger you know, than when it first started? Does the flower you know, look different at the end of its life versus the beginning? How does it make more of itself? So those are three questions you can give kids that are tools through the lens of science that will help them get the tool of thinking for themselves because that's what I really wanted to get across today. Um, and the tools, basically I was reading a book last night by Richard Feynman. He was a Nobel physicist. Um, he was a famous teacher from Caltech, uh, one of the most sought after physics lecturers like ever. And um, what was really interesting is he said part of success was having a different set of tools. And you know, this guy was not, I mean, this guy was super sharp. He wasn't just not smart at all. He was super amazing. But what he said was, it wasn't because I was so smart, it's because I'd had a different set of tools. And what he meant by that is, um, for example, he went to a school where he very quickly outstripped all the math that the teachers were teaching. And so he had a really good teacher though in his high school who said, hey, I know that you're really advanced, try this book. And so he handed him an, an, a calculus textbook and he said, um, go ahead and read it at the back of the class when we're doing our physics and our, our math because you already know this stuff. So Feynman goes to the back, Richard Feynman goes to the back and he's reading this and he's teaching, he's self-teaching, right? Sound familiar with homeschooling? <laughs> so he's self-teaching himself. And what he noticed is there were a lot of stuff that was um, presented in the book that is not taught in a typical classroom environment. And honestly, most kids are gonna miss that because who's gonna read a math textbook, right? So they usually, um, te teachers are teaching to a test and so that's what they're teaching. So Feynman was unusual because he self-taught and he was just interested in excited about numbers. So what this means is, is that when, his, when he was at Princeton, when he was at MIT, when he was at Caltech, um, they would all be sitting around, uh, mathematicians on one side, physicists on the other, and they would be sitting around and if they couldn't solve a problem, you know, they would bounce it off each other and say, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? But if they couldn't, they would usually go to him because he knew different tools that weren't being taught. See, all they knew were how to solve this problem using ABC that had been taught in their typical classroom, which pretty much all of them had this very similar backgrounds. But he was different because he could, they would only come to him after they exhausted everything else. So it looked like he was a total genius. And really, he just had a different set of tools. 
So as a homeschool parent, what this means for you is you have the opportunity to give your kids a whole different set of tools that is not mainstream, not what most people are doing. And it actually has something to do with the emperor's nose in China. Do you know this one? So long ago, there's this emperor and he was all put away in this, you know, in his emperor castle thing. And nobody could really see him, but everybody wanted to know how long his nose was. And so people would talk about it and they'd think about it. And, you know, they would try to see him from far, far away, but they couldn't figure it out. And everybody had a different ruler and yardstick and, and um, perspective. So, but everybody wanted to know. So all these wise men got together and said, okay, I know how we're gonna do it. We're gonna go around and we're gonna ask everybody how long they think his nose is, and that will solve the problem. Now, because China has a lot of people, they went around and they tallied, and this took years and years and years. And so they came around and they averaged all the answers together and they got a number, like 6.70293 centimeters. And that, to this day, is still the length of recorded, uh, that's recorded for the emperor's nose. Now, is that scientific? Like who in their right mind would actually go out there and instead of doing an experiment to figure out the answer, just ask other people's opinions? The answer is sadly, lots of people, tons of people. This is how, this is prevalent everywhere. Instead of figuring out things for themselves, people are just asking other people's opinions. And then if they have a big enough sample size, they're saying, oh, okay, I feel good about this answer because you know, 10,000 people also said the same thing. Um, that's not what you want for your kids. You don't want your kids being led around <laughs> by the nose. Um, you don't want them led around and influenced by other people's opinions when really they should be going this way and everybody else is doing this. So what does this mean for homeschooling? This means by asking those three questions I gave you at the beginning, you know, what is it? How does it move through time? Oh, that was the third one. Um, and how does it interact? Your kids will start their question answering uh, process in their brain. Because honestly, all science is, it's not this textbook or laundry list of topics you've got to cover and optics and electromagnetism and all that. That's not science. Science is having a question because you're curious and interested about the world and then designing an experiment to answer that question. That's all it is. It's about asking questions designing things and getting back answers and being able to listen as much as you are about asking questions. So you don't want to just pummel people with questions because then you'll, you won't get anywhere. You just, those are leading questions. That's very different. If you're a lawyer, that's great, but that's not what science is. So, so that will begin the process with those three questions and just get them asking those questions over and over. You don't need a fancy textbook. You don't need to buy yet another science kit. Just use what you already have around you. You've got the world around you. They've got you as a parent, as a guide, as a coach. Um, and you just helping your kids ask questions like, why do you think that is? Why did that turn blue? Why did that explode? How come the cookies are flat this time? Um, just getting them to ask questions about their world. Unfortunately, with a lot of media and technology, um, a lot of that is being taken away. The other thing I want to also make sure that you can do to encourage kids to stay curious is to make sure they have enough space in their day just to think. So this is great around the table discussions in the evening when nobody's rushed, um, when it, you can just start wondering about things and start having the best conversations around the table at night. So. I hope this has been helpful. I will see you guys in the next one. And this is Aurora with Supercharged Science. If you like this and you wanna join our science family, join me for a free class. Go to www.superchargedscience.com slash class, C-L-A-S-S, superchargedscience.com slash class. You can sign up for one of our free classes. If you can't make the date and time, don't worry about it. Just sign up anyway. That way you're on my list to get a personal invite to the next class that we're doing. So I hope this has been helpful. All the best to you and your family, and I will see you next time. Take care, everyone.